Christ commanded us to preach the gospel and disciple the nations. All we do is in support of that mission statement. Join us as we strive to fight the good fight of faith together. Welcome to the Warriors Rising. Hey, this is Paul with Warriors Rising. Glad to have you on the team. Glad to have you in the fight. We are here today with Tiana Show from Made to Conquer Podcast. How are you doing, Tiana? Hey, good morning, Paul. How are you? It, it is an epic day. I think that going over the conversations that you had this morning with me and the news articles we've been looking at and seeing come out, it's very intense. There's a lot, as always. It's it's like every week. You you and I said you actually said it this morning. It's like we could just continue talking about the exact same thing every week because new information comes out. But with that, we had talked and you said, I think it's a great idea. We start off with scripture, remembering that everything that we do and all our viewpoints, how we approach these things need to be completely based in the word of God. Mm -hmm. And we are recording this on December 16th, 2022. And as we go through today's topics, you know, I think Paul, and I'm going to start off with Psalm 115, but the thing that has just been sitting with me this week is that the demonic is on full display this <laughs> right now in our world in, in unprecedented ways. And so that's why I felt like Psalm 15 was such an apropos way to start this. So I'm reading from the Brian Study Bible, verse one, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your loving devotion, because of your faithfulness. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Verse three, our God is in heaven. He does as he pleases. Boom. Sorry, I love that scripture. Our God is in heaven and he does as he pleases. Verse four, and this is the key section that I think is so important to what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Their idols are silver and gold made by the hands of men. They have mouths but cannot speak. They have eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. They have noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel. They have feet, but cannot walk. They cannot even clear their throats. Verse eight, and this is what we're seeing in display in, in the world today. Those who make them become like them, as do all who trust in them. Verse nine, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord is mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord give you increase, both you and your children. May, the, may you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, nor any who descend into silence, but it is we who will bless the Lord both now and forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. The key, there's so much, you know, and this is the beauty of the Psalms. And Amen. one of the things as you, as we are going through life and as we see all this stuff going on in the world and wherever you find yourself, one of the things that I think is so profound that I heard once years ago was find your voice in the Psalms, mm. find your voice in the Psalms. There is so much pain and anguish, but also joy and exaltation of the Lord and how to approach these things. 
spiritually that I really do think that you can find wherever you're at within the pages of the of mm-hmm. the Psalms. But that verse discussing the idols and how those who make them become like them and those that trust in them also become like them. We see this on full display as you, right? We've seen this, the people that worship the climate, the people that worship self. Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked about in other podcasts with this religion of death Mm -hmm. that is abortion and just the amount of hatred that is coming against anybody that holds a biblical viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, we've got a lot of that that we're going to talk about today. But to your point, I mean, this is exactly, you can pull so much theology out of uh, the Psalms. You and I could probably break down Psalm 115 and spend hours on it because this is rich with theology and doctrine. But, but to your point, Paul, you know, we're going to talk about how we're seeing these things on display, but this is also what we're, you know, what the New Testament talks about when it says God gives them over to a depraved mind. And that's what we're seeing. And so today we've got a lot to cover and we're going to do our best to actually get through most of the headlines. We We haven't, we haven't quite hit that goal yet, but that's okay. Um, But, you know, today, what really pressed on me this week is when I saw how much our, our White House was celebrating the Respect for Marriage Act, which you and I have discussed, and I think the easiest way to summarize it for anybody who hasn't listened to our earlier podcast, is that the only thing this bill does is make it legal to persecute and prosecute Christians in their view. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't give any more rights. And not only did they light the White House up in a rainbow, which we're going to talk about what that means, but they had drag queens who are pedophiles there to celebrate this it is it is the demonic in full force on display on display and this is this is the thing right we have to remember that it's getting to the point where they are no longer hiding everything is coming out of the shadows i mean if you think back even 10 years ago these things would you have even imagined that Mm -hmm. it would have been this amount of evil on display and the passivity of the major population you know, we need to understand that we are not a Christian nation anymore Mm-mm. at all. No. People can try to claim that we aren't. Most people, even that claim Christianity, when they do the studies, um, and we'll have to go into these stats on another podcast, but um, the the groups that do all the surveys and stuff like that, even he- among head pastors on the last survey, only 49% held a biblical worldview regarding God, regarding the Bible itself, regarding salvation, regarding sin. 38% of associate pastors held a biblical worldview. And as far as parents were concerned, I think it was in the 20%. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look. We'll go over those stats another time. But you know, as we again, as you move away from truth, mm-hmm. as you deny God, where are you going to go? You're going to go after you're pretty much open to whatever Satan desires of you and mm-hmm. whatever feels good and whatever, right? We look at judges and what was the, re- do you remember the re- the repeated phrase in the book of judges? And each did what was right in their own eyes. Yep. And we, and we saw the path that that led on Yeah. to utter destruction, captivity, My truth, my truth your truth. Paul. Exactly. <laughs> it is, it is. But one of the things that we need to understand as we go through these articles, and I want you to keep this in your mind is the absolute, not just rejection of God, mm-hmm. but mockery. 
mm-hmm. and how Satan and people that are influenced by him take what is of God, take what is of scripture and turn it into a mockery to represent mm-hmm. everything that is an abomination. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what they did to Jesus on the cross. They taunted him. Yep. And I mean, I could go a thousand different directions in that, but I, I want to say this two second thing and then we'll keep on. Yeah. And that is learn to distinguish between the Holy Spirit's convicting you of sin and the enemy's mocking you because the enemy is going to shame you and mock you. And he's going to talk to you the same way that he talked to Jesus on the cross, whereas the Holy Spirit's going to call you out of sin into a higher place. And, and I say mm. that to say um, Satan does have a very distinct <laughs> way he deals with us. But one thing I, I think is important for us before we launch right into this is, you know, some might call us homophobes. And I was listening to the Unbelievable podcast, and it was a replay from 2014. And it was a discussion between a former uh, Muslim who is now an atheist and a Christian apologist. And, you know, he basically said, you know, I, how can you follow a religion that you follow an old book that makes you homophobic and misogynist? (laughs) And I think it's important for us to really touch on quickly what the biblical perspective on homosexuality is and how it's not homophobic at all. In in fact, it doesn't treat homosexuality any different than it does most other sins. The only sin, there's 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 two sins in the Bible that that the Lord really calls out, and that is children. <laughs> Tie yep. a millstone around your neck. <laughs> if you and, cause one of these to fall. Yeah. And then the other one is when you sin sexually, you sin against your own body. And so Paul's just explaining that the consequences of sexual sin are are very severe. But other than that, the Bible treats sin like sin. We're all dying of a disease. And it's not homophobic to say you cannot get to heaven and live in a sinful lifestyle of any kind. And there's a difference between having homosexual attraction and living in a homosexual lifestyle. So Paul, if you could just take a few seconds and touch on that before we jump into this, because I think why the numbers are so low is that there's so much social pressure to normalize homosexuality that if you dare stand against it, you're a homophobe, you're a bigot, you're closed-minded, you're outdated, you're old-fashioned. Love is love. And and I think it's important for us to touch on that before we jump into this topic. Yeah. So we just remember the approach to all this, right? People have these temptations, right? Now, uh, you know, I have a friend who uh, is, is bi and he's married, he has a child, he's a Christian. He's like, look, I, I cannot help these these feelings. I can't help these thoughts, but I control them because I understand what the Bible states now. And, uh, we've had some people on TikTok that have, you know, come out of the LGB community and they are Christians now, and they'll talk about their stories. I mean, they, um, I don't have, I cannot remember one of them is Cody. Uh, and I, I know his name's Cody and, I think another one is broken. No more seven, seven, seven. If I remember, she was in the lesbian lifestyle for like 24 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here's the thing. Sin is sin, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has different temptations. Now, the problem that we've talked about before a little bit, I believe is that when you're dealing with these people within these lifestyles, right? You cannot hold them to the same standard as a believer. Yes. Now, if they are claiming to be a believer, that's when First Corinthians five comes in, and and obviously you know we deal with people that are claiming to be believers that are actively sinning. You deal with them, you approach them, you address them. They won't listen. You take a witness. They don't listen. You take them to with leadership if they'll listen or even do it. And if not, you reject them. And Paul says in Corinthians, hey, if anybody that calls a brother that's engaged in these things, don't even eat with them. Don't be associated with them. 
But when it comes to the outside world and those that aren't saved, it's completely different, yes. right? We they they don't have the spirit. They are not. So our job is to love them, preach truth, but preach the gospel. You know, it, it's Ray Comfort says you're not um, you don't approach them as a homeless as homosexuality sending you to hell. Right. It's that you've broken God's law. Yes. And therefore, exactly. you are you are you um you are you will receive the due penalty of your sin for breaking God's law. Yes. That's just a a symptom of the overall problem yes. that you are not reconciled to the Father through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean you're not going to struggle with those things afterwards, right? And and I know people that have struggled with that and they fell into temptation whether it be looking at something or whatever after, but there's grace for that. It doesn't make it right, but that it's a completely different way you approach these things with people that are not saved. You approach them with Christ, yeah. not bashing them over the head, holding them to a standard that they're not bound by. Right, right. So with that, I think we move on. We that's a good entrance into this first this first article, and it's on Fox News. And all these, all everything we talk about today, we're going to put the links in the show notes on our podcast platforms, so you can click them and go right to them. The first one is the from the White House. It's on their Twitter. Fox News talks about it, but it, uh, the White House posted it. Uh, the White House glows rainbow colors after Biden signs the Respect for Marriage Act. What are your thoughts on that, Tiana? <laughs> you know, you said it earlier when we were opening that Satan mocks God. And, you know, where did the rainbow originally come from and what does it originally, what does it mean and I think in order for us to understand why this is such an insult to God, we got to kind of go back to that. Genesis so, 9. Genesis 9. But, you know, I think I think in order to understand Genesis 9, you got to go to Genesis 6. Because yeah. what was it that ultimately caused God to flood the earth? And then what what was his promise in Genesis 9? So really quickly, the, the Lord in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4 says, The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and afterwards as well, when the sons of God had relations with the daughters of men, and they bore them children who became the mighty men, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great upon the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was altogether evil all the time. And it says, and the Lord regretted ha that he had made man on earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man who I've created from the face of the earth, every man and every beast and crawling creature and bird of the air, for I am grieved that I've made them. Noah, however, found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And, and again, in verse 11, he says, now the earth was, it says the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and full of violence. And God looked upon the earth and saw that it was corrupt for all living creatures on the earth had corrupted their ways. So, so this is what this is what caused the flood. So, yeah. so then we have the flood and we know the story, Noah and his sons and his wife and their daughters survive. So eight people in the whole planet and we could go on about Noah. And I think that, let's just take two seconds to talk about that for 120 years. He was a preacher of righteousness and he didn't have a single convert Yep, but that didn't make his job less important. So, you know, what Paul and I are constantly saying on here is, is the operating environment doesn't change the mission. The fact that nobody listened to what Noah had to say while he was making an ark didn't make his job less important. Yeah. And here's the thing. That 120 years was 120 years of grace. Yeah. Yes. Anybody that everybody had an opportunity until that door was closed. And so for everybody listening, 
if you are not in Christ, if you have not trusted in Christ for salvation, that door is still open. Yes. You don't know when that door is going to close, but once it does, there is no going back. And for those of us that are Christians, that if you have not shared the gospel, if you know people that aren't saved and you haven't shared the gospel with them, you still have opportunity because you are not promised today. They are not promised tomorrow. We are promised one more second. And so when is your door going to close as a Christian? Because once that's done, there are no more opportunities for you to share either. Today is the day of salvation. (laughs) Yeah. So you're hundred percent right, Paul. And, and so just to kind of circle this back around to the rainbow in Genesis chapter nine, starting in verse nine, after Noah and his family get off the ark, they survive everything. The Lord says, behold, I now establish my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth, every living thing that came out of the ark. And I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. So God is saying, okay, look, I will never do this again by flood. By flood. Notice his very specific wording. Yeah. (laughs) And then verse 12, and God said, this is a sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And so the rainbow God gave to us to remind us that he will never again do what he did with Noah and the ark. So, Paul, why might it be taunting for the White House to be covered in a rainbow celebrating? So, <laughs> so obviously, right, when we look at this, when we look at Romans 1, and when we look at, as you read Romans 1, it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and, unrighteous, and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made so that they are without excuse, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. I've mixed some of those verses up a little bit, but basically it goes on to state that because they deny God as creator, God gives them over to a debased mind. Mm -hmm. They're women leaving the natural and burning in lust for, uh, for one another, and they're men doing the same, men with men doing that which is shameful. Right. And so what we see is mass homosexuality, as you read Romans one, starting in verse 18, it is a homosexuality and the condoning of it is a judgment where, and when you see a nation start going really wicked, it is a judgment where God basically says, you don't want to acknowledge me as the creator. Fine. I'm going to, and you want to be evil. I'm going to give you over to that. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're going to be evil. All right. And God gives them over to that debased mindset. And so when you can think about basically God lifting his restraint and lifting his hand off of these things. And so these people, then what do they do? They take and in their rebellion, in this rejection of God as the Lord, they go into that which is abominable. Mm -hmm. Well, then they use God's symbol that he won't wipe out life on the earth with a flood again to represent that sin. Yeah. And, but why, again, it goes back to what you were saying. Why did God send the flood? Complete and utter wickedness. The Nephilim were on the earth. God sets his rainbow in the cloud. And so now we're going back in our nation, mass wickedness, just 
utter depravity in so many fronts with the Respect for Marriage Act, with the transgenderism, with the pedophilia stuff that is coming out. And they're saying, Mm -hmm. boom, that which you promised not to destroy us for, and this is the sign of it. Now we're going to use it to display the pride in our depravity. Yeah. And, and pride is so key in that word. So not only is this our White House, I mean, it's the highest seating position in this country that God ordained and gave to us as a Christian nation, but, but we're, we're taking it and we're throwing it back in his face using this symbolism. And to add insult to injury, we've got pedophiles in there. We've got drag queens. We've, you know, and again, this bill, the only thing this bill does is give Give people the right to to call what Paul and I are saying right now hate speech. And here's one thing I think is so important. It, it is love to show people the truth of their depravity. It is not love to pretend like it's okay. And I think this is what we've got to understand, that God's, God's restrictions on sex in any capacity, right? Fornication, homosexuality, pedophilia, adultery. His restriction around that comes from a place of love, comes from being the creator, the designer of our bodies, the designer of sex and understanding that there are consequences to this behavior. And so I, you know, I've heard, you'll hear so many, so many of these arguments, but love is love. And, you know, God is mean if he thinks that what's wrong with homosexual sex, what's wrong is that there are consequences that we don't see and understand, but God does. And he, in his love says, no, I put boundaries around sex because when you take something I created and you misuse it, it is going to harm you. And it com- it is coming from a place of love that God puts boundaries on these things. And it is not hate. It is not bigot, bigoted to say, no, God, God, God created sex. And he puts boundaries on it because he understands that when we use something he's created for a purpose other than the way he's created it, it is self-harm. Well, and also we have to remember that as the leadership goes, so goes the nation. When we look yes. at Israel and the rejection of the Messiah, you know, as a nation, it was mo- it was the leaders that led the rejection of Jesus as their Messiah, which ultimately led to their judgment, their judicial blindness at, that Jesus declared in Luke 19, the 78 D judgment, mm-hmm. uh, when the Romans completely laid waste to the city and the sanctuary and which caused the dispersion for over almost 2000 years. And as our leaders are just rejecting God, and we're going to see how bad it's actually getting with them, um, in their announcements at this event, when this went into law, Uh, It states, uh, this is the Washington stand. Uh, The White House invited two drag queens who perform with minors to attend the ceremony at the passing of H.R. 8404, the Respect for Marriage Act, which opponents call the Disrespect for Marriage Act. (laughs) And Chuck Schumer said it took a lot of faith. And when the bill sponsors asked him to delay the vote until after the midterm elections to help Republican supporters, he says, I took a risk. I put my faith in the better angels of human nature and praise God, we succeeded. Mm. What does the Bible say about human nature apart from God? Yeah. (laughs) What is man's heart? It's wicked above all things. desperately wicked and who can know it? We see in Isaiah, I believe it is. I'll look it up. But um, it says our righteousness is as filthy rags. Yes, which is which is speaking of women's menstruation rags is what it's talking about. Yep. 
And the reason that that is significant is because that is part of the curse from the fall is yep. that, you know, women have to bleed. <laughs> and I, Isaiah 64, six, our yeah. righteousness is as filthy rags. And like you said, in, in the Hebrew, it's referencing used menstrual cloths. Uh, yeah. So our best day as humans, apart from God, we are a use, we're just equal to a used menstrual cloth. And for the Jewish mind, that is a sign of severe, that is severe uncleanness. Yes. Yes. Well, so there's something here I think it's important to po point out. One of the things that Paul and I hope to instill in this podcast is discernment. Yeah. And what you've got to be careful of is just because somebody says God or Jesus doesn't mean they're talking about the God or Jesus of the Bible. Yes. Uh, the, the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witnesses, and the Muslims all use the name of Jesus, but he's not the Jesus of the Bible. And I can't tell you how often, and this is why we're constantly get off of TikTok. Don't get your doctrine and theology from TikTok. Yeah. Because just because somebody says Jesus and, and Bible doesn't mean it's the biblical, a properly understood Jesus of the Bible. And just be cautious of that because it's so easy to say, well, Chuck Schumer said God, so therefore he must be a good man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it goes, it goes to the rejection. Again, it, it's what did Satan do? He took scripture when he tempted Jesus, yes. he took scripture and he twisted it, right? And that's why you've got to be grounded in the scripture. Be a Berean. Yes. know what the Bible states, know what it states within context. When this passed also, uh, Nancy Pelosi in her speech, she said, may God continue to bless the United States of America as we continue to expand freedom. Mm. Really what this law does is it, it just incentivizes the LGBT activists to sue Christian business owners mm -hmm. that refuse to take part in their ceremonies or mm -hmm. support them. Mm -hmm. uh, there, we've seen this over the last years. There are plenty of cake makers and website builders that people, these people could go to and they choose, they choose to target Christian mm -hmm. establishments. Yes. And again, God, the God she's talking about is the God of this world. Yeah. Not the one seated, the most high, not Adonai, El Shaddai, Elohim, and Yahweh. <laughs> God, and going back to what you said, love, God, God puts these things in place because he loves us, right? Yes. I, I, if I love my child, I would not let her run out in the middle of a busy intersection because it's what feels good and she wants to, and it's fun. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's, that's insanity. You know, but here's the thing too, with this Biden in the speech tied same-sex marriage to advocating for the right of minors to have transgender surgeries. He said, we need to challenge the hundreds of callous, cynical laws introduced in the States targeting transgender children terrifying families and criminalizing doctors who give children the care they need. He said, allowing children to remove healthy organs will protect these children so they know they're loved. And he likened these laws against, uh, against these procedures to racism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, transphobia. They are all connected. Well, and, and so what does Satan do? He call he twists God's word and he calls us names. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> You're, 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 you're some istophobophobic, you know, yeah, yeah. it's, but ultimately when we look at these things, what is this? It's utter destruction of God's design. Yes. It is willful destruction and rebellion against God. And as we see this targeting of children, right? Remember, and this was what we talked about earlier, Luke 17, two, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, then he should 
cause one of these little ones, children to sin. That's a very strong language from Jesus. Them, them's the words of Jesus, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, what we're seeing is a, just an attack on our children, right? This is, this is on display at the white house, at the top levels of government. They're invoking God to glorify this rebellion against him using his own symbols and promises mm-hmm. against us, against him. And they're then targeting children saying that we are being callous and cynical. Mm-hmm. Can, can I just say, get used to being called names, get over it. Exactly. Get used to being called names. You know, when, when the, when Peter and John are standing before the Sanhedrin in the book of Acts and they're like, you can't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. Their react, their response is what every Christian needs to hold on to, which is why would we care more about what you think than what God thinks? We are more interested in doing God's will than we, we don't care what man thinks of us. If you can't get to that place in your walk with the Lord, where you are comfortable being disliked, then that is an area of spiritual growth for you. Get comfortable having the world hate you and dislike you and get comfortable being counterculture. And this is, you know, this is we're living so much in a time like Elijah did with, with um, Ahab and Jezebel. They were evil, wicked. And as Paul said, wickedness starts from the top down and they were murdering babies in mass in those days. I mean, that was Baal worship and, and yeah. the Asherah poles was, you know, that was primarily what Jezebel brought into Israel. And here you have this one prophet who is standing against them and, and they didn't like, I mean, Jezebel wanted Elijah dead. She, she was yes. on the hunt and this is the queen, you know, the, the, you know, who's very influential over Ahab and, you know, they get, get used to it, get used to not being liked because yeah. it doesn't matter what man thinks of you. And, and this is not us saying, don't be loving. This is not us saying, you know, everything Paul said, I want to reiterate everything Paul said, but there's going to come a point where they ultimately reject the truth and they're not going to like you and you've done everything you can get over it. Well, and this was, you know, I put a TikTok out the other day and it's, it's so funny because as much as we speak against TikTok, we're on TikTok, uh, not consuming, <laughs> yeah. but putting out content right. and answering right. questions. Cause you know, I, this, I did not want to be on TikTok. That was something I had a guy I was mentoring literally for about two weeks was like, you got to get on TikTok. You got to get on TikTok. I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting on TikTok. I don't do social media. <laughs> and so finally I, I got on there and I had one that kind of went a, not crazy, crazy, but a little crazy. And I was like, all right, okay, maybe there is something to this. Well, I didn't have an unlimited data plan and I like to go walk around my woods a lot. And so I ran out of data and I said, I guess I can't do TikTok. Five minutes later, I get a text message. It says, oh, thank you for your military service. We'd like to offer you a free upgrade to an unlimited plan. I was like, I guess I'm doing freaking TikTok. (laughs) Um, But I I put up there because somebody asked, you know, when's the revolution going to happen? You know, because, and it's not just looking at this stuff here, but everything going on in our country and the targeting of individuals and the F all this stuff that's coming out with Twitter and the FBI. And we're going to get into some of these things eventually. And, but they, people are like, when, when are we going to revolt? And I said, this is a terrible idea. And even all my buddies, it was funny because my buddy, Tony Pryor, if you don't know who Tony Pryor is, go look him up. He's great. Awesome dude. Legend in SF. But even he's like, these, these people are stupid. Mm-hmm. Like there's, we are so monitored and they would mm-hmm. shut down any type of 
attempt so fast. They can shut your comms down. You have no idea how monitored you actually are. And people are just wanting to go fight. And I said, look, with this global system that is coming, because the bite one, we see it coming. They're talking about it. The Bible says it's going to occur in Daniel 7, that we're going to go to a global system. They're like, you're not going to fight against this. You're not going to fight against the evil. And I was like, I'll fight against it, but not in the way that you think, because I'm going to fight against it by sharing the gospel, by equipping people as best as I can to accomplish the tasks that God has given them in their walk with Christ so that they can better share the gospel so they can be an encouragement to the brethren or support or whatever they are called to do. And that is the real rebellion. And Paul and the apostles did not fight physically against the Roman government, the Roman government or the Jewish leadership. No, they shared Christ. They built churches. Mm -hmm. They, they did what they had to do to accomplish the mission that God, that Christ gave us preach the gospel, disciple the nations. That is the primary mission. And what was interesting is I had some people, well, obviously I got called a coward and a traitor. It was, I was, I was kind of laughing at it, honestly. You, you coward, you, you Green Beret. <laughs> Five rotations, three to Iraq, one to Afghanistan and Helmand province, 2011, 2012. And this is somebody you who's know, probably 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds overweight and has never like, oh my gosh. Know. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing somebody's weight, but what I'm saying is somebody who's probably never actually physically done anything for the country calling you a coward is. Oh, point. I was laughing and they're like, you know, you stand aside, you know, while, while we take care of this. And it's like the time to take care of this or do anything was at the lockdowns. Yeah. That is when you should have, that is when you all should have risen up. You didn't. So guess what? Now it's too, it, it's not that it's, it's been too late for a while, but it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. And so, but I, I say that to say, we have to remember what our purpose is in all of this, because even when I was talking to my buddies, you know, all my retired buddies and my buddy, Tim was like, yeah, I, I was, I was getting hot the other night. I was getting hot and, you know, wanting to, you know, you get that urge, like, okay, yeah. we could, we could, we could do something, but we're not going to. Right. And it, and you just, and we let the spirit checks all of us. Yeah. And it's, it's great because a lot of us talk about the pride that God really sucked out of us by like crushing us physically. You know, Tony, Tony's (laughs) basically blind. All of our backs are completely shot, you know, and, but in this process, all the things that we accomplished are really nothing compared to what God has done in us and shown us and allowed us to do for his kingdom. And it, so as we see all of these things coming and occurring, I say all that to say, as you see these things, don't Mm -hmm. let the evil that is coming through the screen you're seeing in the world gets you down and get you to stop doing what you are called to do. Don't let it stop you from loving these people because as evil as this is, and as evil as these people are, guess what? They still need Christ. He still died Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Can you love them? Can you allow the spirit to, can you allow the spirit to work through you to let the love of Christ shine through you to them mm-hmm. in the face of their evil and in their attacks on you. 
And that's really the only way to win this battle. I mean, it's Ephesians 6. That our battle is not against flesh and blood. And this was the exact same issue that the Israelites faced when Messiah came. Part of why they rejected Messiah is because they wanted a military leader and they wanted yeah. freedom from Rome. And they missed that, that the real battle, the real freedom that humans needed was a spiritual freedom, not a physical freedom. And if we get our value prop wrong, just like the modern day Jews did, then we're going to find ourselves in the same place as those that rejected Messiah. Don't worry, guys. We will come back in battle. We get to show up with the White Rider, the Lord of Lords, and King of Kings, and we get to show up, and and we will be a part of the battle. But but we get to do so on the heels of our King. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and so our day will come. But keep, you're exactly right. Keep the main things, the main things, which is the way that we fight this battle is by radically loving this world, by radically showing the world that the light is where you want to be, that the darkness is a lie and that you are becoming like what you were worshiping and it's dead. You're dead. And I think that's something real quickly. And then we got, we, we got a lot more to cover, but Christianity doesn't make bad people good. It makes dead people alive. Yes. Yes. If you want to make war, get on your face, suck carpet. Yeah. And, 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 and just get before the Lord and pray. And, and you're talking about when you say set carpet, you're talking about getting on your knees and praying and fasting. Yeah. And yeah, you, if you want to wield a sword, yeah, get in the spiritual realm and wield your sword. And, exactly. and you are ferocious when you're on your knees pleading for just exactly what happened in Daniel chapter nine. Go read Daniel chapter nine. Read what happened when Daniel got on his knees and he prayed and he prayed for himself and he prayed for the nation and he asked for forgiveness the archangel shows up <laughs> and tells Come him what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It gives him the future of the, exactly. of the world. Yes. Exactly. Let us be Daniel's and Nehemiah's and Ezra's and Joshua's and Caleb's in these days. Yes. We know the world's going to go there. Stop praying that God changes what he says is going to happen and start praying for people's salvation yes. and that God convicts them of their yes. sin and they call on him as savior. Uh, I'll let you take the next uh, news article, uh, Tiana, because you put this one up. Yeah, this one, this one irritates me. <laughs> uh, Cambridge, and I also know Merriam-Webster, updates the definition of women. So the, the, the definition of women, woman is now anybody who identifies as female, which then begs the question, what is a female? But yes, there is a war against, like you said, Paul, God's design. There is a war against why, why, why didn't we change anyway? If you have it, not seen Matt Walsh's, what Matt is a woman? Walsh, you need exactly to go, you thinking. need to go watch it. Um, yes. But here's the thing too, right? Again, with the, the changing of God's design, we see this here. We see this in where this movement and, and really it's a destruction on so many fronts of the nuclear family of God's design for family, where women are wanting to be strong and independent. Now is a reaction to all this uh, with this hookup culture and mm -hmm. women burning out their pair bonding abilities. And I mean, at this point right now, I think it's like 70% of divorces are initiated by the women. Mm -hmm. And, and, and now I do understand that men are just as much as fault because they're taking part in the hookup culture. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? Don't look at it like, oh, the woman's fault. Oh, the man's fault. Look at it from a warfare standpoint. If you destroy the nuclear family, you root, it, it has serious effects on the children and serious. their future viewpoints. Serious. And yes. so what does, what does God want or what does Satan want? Women 
in the man's role, men just saying, forget it, going their own way, doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are hating on women or it's just, it's, it's a complete destruction of God's design for marriage. And it's a complete flipping of the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the garden. The why curse, did, yeah. why did Satan come as a serpent? Because man was told to have dominion and rule over the beasts of the earth and the creation. So Satan, instead of having them have dominion, got them to listen to the creation. Yes. Yes. And he flipped the divine order. This is all this is. And then he deceived the woman first. And you and I have talked about this. And because I'm a woman, I'm comfortable saying it. Women are more vulnerable to deception than men, period. That's just the nature of the beast. And this is why part of the curse is women, your desire will be to rule over your husband. So this is all a part of the curse. And is and, and and I've said this before, Paul. I you know I I entered into having a ministry that has a teaching element. My, my real gift is encouragement, and I think that's your. You and I both have the gift of encouragement, but you have a gift of teaching. But I entered into it with a ton of trepidation, understanding that as a woman, I had to be extremely conscientious and still and will have to be that I am being led by the Holy Spirit, grounded in God's word, because it is so easy for women to be deceived. And and it doesn't take, when you look at, when you understand just the basics of of geometry, you start at a a point, right? And if your direction is true north and you go two degrees off and you march in that direction, the further you march, the further away from true north you are. That's just the nature of how geography. And so this is what happens with so many well-intentioned people who begin to deviate from being led by the Holy Spirit, being deeply engrossed in God's word, it doesn't take much to be off, to go off in the wrong direction and find yourself very far from the truth. And so this is why Paul and I, part of what is exciting about how the Lord has brought us together to do this is, is you know, we have this accountability between the two of us that keep things headed north yeah. and yeah. you know and the and the holy spirit working through us you know where two or three are gathered in my name i am there so there's you know there's something there's some principles there anyway i digress and we could go on about this well here's while. the thing with with all this right what if you can destroy the women yes in so many ways that has a mass effect because women are in the children's lives mm-hmm. and i will say this as a husband i can survive without my wife but you know what life's a lot easier when I don't have to, mm-hmm. there, there's a, there's a saying I love it's men are the head, but women are the neck and, and that support structure and loving your wife, women, respecting their husbands. If we would all just put our swords away and actually live biblically mm-hmm. and follow out in our roles and give each other what we need, there is it, men and women, if you would actually do what you are called to do in your marriage. Yes you would be amazed at how much ridiculousness just goes out the window. But yes. the problem is it goes back to pride and our flesh and me, 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 and what I'm owed. And so with this destruction of, well, what is a woman? There is no definition of a true woman. It's, I mean, the wife really is a central point of the family, of the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. So if you can trash that, it has effects on so many levels for the kids, for her, for her husband. I mean, and so you're talking generations at that point that you're affecting. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and, and you're, you're 100% right. Here's the thing that I tell people all the time. 
God created an order and a structure and it doesn't, it's not a lack of equality. In fact, what, why did God take the woman from the rib? Because it's from his side. It's he's, she's equal to him. A different authority and different responsibility yeah. does not mean different equality. That's, exactly. There's not an equality issue. So, so men and women are created equally, but I put, I honor God in my marriage because not because I think my husband is the savior and the perfect person, but because I trust God's structure for marriage and by laying down my life for my husband and by loving him and by making him my priority and by submitting to him i am not and i'm not saying i'm the perfect wife if he were if he were to come in here he would come in and say what is this <laughs> but you know that's what my heart is that's what my intention is and that is my my goal my priority is my husband and that's my first ministry and and that's another story for another day but my point being this i do that not because i believe that my husband is perfect but because i believe in god's perfect design and by but by being obedient to God, he will bless my obedience. And it's not about my husband's going to turn into a perfect person, but God will intervene when I step into his divine structure and divine authority. And so the temptation for women is to become resentful and bitter towards your husband and 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 then to allow the enemy to tell you that there's something better, someone better, and I'm not going to submit to him because he's not wise. He's an idiot. He's this. He's all these things. We lose respect. We lose love for our husbands. But I'm telling you right now, if you've put your if you're putting your trust in your husband, you're missing the point. Yeah. And and men on that end, are you leading your wives? Are you are you leading your wives in prayer in scripture? Are you leading your children? Are you loving her from a leading perspective? Yes. Right. That's, that's the difference because love is one thing. And I will say this to men, love is not a doormat, right? <laughs> right. Love is not a doormat. Love leads as a man, because mm -hmm. that is what you are called to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of men would find a lot more respect probably, or women more inclined to, cause it's, it's a give and take, right? Mm -hmm. If you were to take them and lead them in their, in your family's spiritual life, because you as a man are called to be the head of your family, both in this world, but also spiritually. Yes. The church is not called to do that. The church yeah. is where we gather for training, mm -hmm. for equipping, to bear one another's burdens. At least that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You as a man in your household are called to lead your wife and your children mm -hmm. in their spiritual walks and as the spiritual head of the family. So if you're not doing that, just straight up, you're failing. Yeah. And, and I want to say this too, if you happen to be in a marriage where you and your, your spouse are not equally yoked, um, and that can take on different forms, right? It can take on even it being purely non-believer or saying they're a believer and just not walking with the Lord. That does not negate your responsibility to love them, to serve them, to pray for them, and to continue to lift them up. So, you know, again, the lies that the enemy is going to tell you about your marriage, there's somebody better, you know, there's something better out there. You need to leave. Now with that caveat, I am a former battered woman. <laughs> there, yep. there are there are situations, and this is something that the church doesn't like to talk about, and we won't get into this in too depth. The institution of marriage does not come beyond above the welfare of the people involved in that family unit. Right. When it becomes a dangerous place for the children or for one or both of the partners, because I've known females who have physically abused their spouses, that is a different conversation where professionals need to get involved because you're talking about some very serious stuff. But when it comes to just the regular bustle and grind, he stinks, she stinks, you don't like the way they do this, you don't like the way they do that, they ignore you, they don't love you enough, all these other things that the enemy wants to go in and, and put a bomb in the middle of your marriage. I'm telling you right now, if you stop listening to the lies of the enemy, 
If you love your spouse the way that we're called to love, you respect them and serve them. Like Paul said, what will happen in your marriage is unbelievable. And it doesn't matter if they're equally yoked with you or not, because it's not about the person. It's about God's structure and his institution. And there's two books that I would highly recommend when I'm, when I'm talking with people or mentoring them, or they're going to get married, or I'm doing some counseling. There are two marriage books that I think every single married couple or people getting married need to go through. And the first is Way of Agape by Nancy Missler. Mm-hmm. And the second is Intimacy Ignited by Pintus and Dillo. And you read them in that order, Way of Agape and then Intimacy Ignited. If you lock those two down, your marriage, you are setting yourself, you're setting yourself up for so much success in your marriage. We'll put those, we'll put those in the show notes. So that way you can also access those. No, so this was good. And I think this is important. I think again, you know, as we're looking at how the enemy is actively working against humankind image bearers, you know, um, just to kind of summarize some of the stuff we talked about, there's, there's, there's this throwing stuff back in God's face and this trying to normalize sexual immorality. And, and as Christians, we love people by sharing the truth of the hope in found only in Jesus and the freedom from sin found only in Jesus, not by normalizing sin. And we are watching this, we're watching the demonic manifestation, you know, blatantly on display in the white house. And we're seeing that they're, you know, trying to normalize the um, bastardization of the, the human child body through this transgender mutilation, redefining women. And so now, I mean, we're seeing, here's a story from Not the Bee, which is where we got, we, we were laughing like three-year-olds reading our Babylon Bee headlines. Yeah. Is, is, you know, we don't prep very much for this. We spend, what, maybe 30 minutes trying to just sync and make sure that we have some sort of Yeah, we read over the articles, but then we actually come together and discuss it just for a short time. You know, yeah. we really, and, and what I would ask, because I know that Tiana and I both cover this thing in prayer throughout the week and beforehand. And so I would ask that everybody listening also covers us in prayer yeah. mm-hmm. because there is spiritual warfare around this. Yes. Like yes. things, things like our equipment will just stop working literally the day we, it'll be perfectly fine. Then the day we go to record this yeah. it, it's equipment's not working. Um, obviously there's, there can be family issues where like, there's just that desire to be offended in the relationship over something. It, it's just spiritual attacks will come in so many different ways. So I would ask all of you listening to cover us both and our families in prayer as we walk this thing out in obedience to what we feel God has called us to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're trying to do something that isn't really common. I mean, you can go listen to a bunch of podcasts about current events, but what we're trying to do is say, look, here's what's happening, but here's what the Bible says about it. And here's what we as Christians should be doing about it. Yes. And so in this article, that's not the B. So there's the Babylon B, which is the satire site. And then the, not the B, which is an actual news site. Um, they mention the fact that there is an Irish, uh, an Irish teacher who refused to use the pronouns of a student was inch, uh, issued, the Irish court issued an injunction against him, barring him from the premises of the school. And then he said, rather than comply with what he saw as an illegal suspension of his re- religious liberty and an affront to God, he showed up to school and they threw him in jail and he's probably going to be in jail for a while now. Yeah. So you know, in places that we would consider the free world, people are now going to prison for refusing to use pronouns and to affirm this transgender mutilation of children. So the battle is real and the battle against children is real. And, and as we continue, as Paul and I continue through these headlines, you know, part of the reason why we keep bringing this up is parents, listen, parents, this is so important. 
the most important job you have is to give your children Jesus, to lead them to Jesus, to protect them. It does not matter. And this is what Charlie Kirk talks about all the time about not sending your kids to college unless there's a specific trade and they're ready to deal with the, with the vileness that's going to be spewed at them from college. Do not forfeit your child's soul. Yeah. Do not forfeit your child's eternity. So you can say my kid graduated from Stanford or my, my, my kid's going to, going to be a, a, my point being this, do not be so selfish to rob your child of eternity so you can brag and you can live vicariously through them or be such a coward that you refuse to shelter your children from this filth or be so, and I, and I'm, I, I'm, I sound very harsh and, and it's because I, I want to wake people up. We've gotten so comfortable with our American prosperity that we're, that we would rather have two income household and sacrifice our children yeah. on the altar of culture than live with a little bit less, let them grow up with a little bit less, let them have to play outside for Pete's sake instead of have the latest Nintendo. And, and we're, we're sacrificing our children on the altar of modern culture at, at what expense? And, exactly. And I I remember I once had a, a lady that I was working with and I was, um, I was discipling her and her children were extremely left leaning. And when they found out about my biblical stance on things, they told her, if you continue to talk to her, we won't speak to you anymore. And she said, what should I do? And I said, Jesus said, this was going to be the cost of following him. If you love yep. your children, you will not stop following Jesus because what they need is Jesus. They don't need you. They need Jesus. And she said, I'm sorry, but I love my children more. And she walked away from the Lord and walked away from her discipleship because she couldn't stand to lose her children. What she didn't understand is that she gave up eternity for her children for the temporary. And it's just my, well, this, you know, this goes back to what it talks about earlier, right? Men being that head, men being that spiritual head. Here's the thing. We have entrusted the schools to raise our yes. children. We have entrusted the churches and church one day a week to give our children the spiritual food and growth and sustenance and training that they need. Yeah, That's not going to work. I want you to listen. This is Charles Potter. This is a quote from him. He had a major hand in the educational system. Uh, that we have today. This is what he said. Education is thus a most powerful ally of humanism. And every public school is a school of humanism. What can the, th what can the theistic Sunday school meeting for an hour once a week and teaching only a fraction of the children do to stem the tide of a five-day program of humanistic teaching? If that, you are not that. daily training your children in the word, actively involved in what they're learning, actively training them, what it means to walk with Jesus, to know him, to know his word. And don't, mm -hmm. don't play the game of, well, they're, they're just not old enough yet. The Jewish culture starts training, or I know in the early, uh, in the early days in the first century and stuff, they would start training their children at five in the Torah. Yeah. The kids will learn at the pace that you allow them to, you would be amazed at how strong and how amazingly knowledgeable children are and how much they really can grasp if you take the time. Yeah. But we want to entertain. We want our screens. We want our chill time. There is no chill time right now. Your children are getting a full frontal assault. Yes. Five days a week, seven yes. hours a day. Yes. You need to daily you need to know what they're learning. Yes. You need to know what they are being taught and you need to be training them and have a much more participatory role in their spiritual walk than the majority. Yeah. Homeschool. If yeah, if you homeschool. can do it. 
There, there are ways it may suck, but I would rather live in a dad gum dirt trailer and my yes. daughter be homeschooled. Yes. Can I say something just to reiterate what you said? You know, Paul, you and I were kind of joking with each other this week about how I come from the same school as Peter and John, unschooled and ordinary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and you've oh, got yeah. your fancy education. <laughs> and, and while certainly it's not a competition of whose knowledge is greater than who, but I think I can hold my own for someone who has no education yeah. when it comes to the Bible. And, and here's why. Because I had a father who poured God's word into my life from the time I was mm. a child. I had a father who was on his knees praying for us. And it was funny because um, I had the women's retreat from the Made to Conquer group and my sister and my mom were there and then my dad came and you got to meet my family. Yep. And there's yep. just a special, there's just a special covering of God over my family. And I'm, and I'm not saying that to brag, I'm just, I'm making a point. And I don't know if you saw that too, but um, I have a yeah. pretty amazing family. And I'd agree. I'll, <laughs> Thank you. And I'll tell you why. It's because my father was our spiritual leader. There was not a day, and there's still today not a day, where my dad does not start his day off on his knees before the Lord in the Word, and he showered us in God's Word. And I know God's Word not I, because my father poured it into me. I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. The reason that I, I found you is I was like I said, I was just happened to be, I don't scroll through TikTok, but I was waiting for my video to upload. And that's like the only time I scroll. So yeah. it takes a while. Right. And a video of yours comes on and you talk about the rock and Moses striking the rock. And very few people talk about the spiritual depth of that. And that's a, that's a Chuck Missler thing. Well, my dad also grew up on Chuck Missler. And I was taught that from the time I was, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years old. I knew that. And when you said that, I was like, he gets it. Like, this is someone who gets it. That was instilled in me before I was a teenager. Yep. And I want to reiterate your point that the that that the reason I'm standing here today is because God is good and and because God took my father's faithfulness and he blessed it. And that I cannot state enough men the role that you have to play in the lives of your wives and children. What Paul said is 110% true and I am living proof of that. Yeah. Exactly. And and if you want like when kids are get the beginner Start them off young, beginner Bible, yes. just general little stories with pictures. Then you get them the action Bible. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it then it gets them even more familiar with more stuff that went on, even though it's not 100% accurate in what they say. What you're doing is you're continuously getting them familiar, but also get an audio Bible that they enjoy. I know that mm -hmm. I did that with my daughter and she's gone through that action. She's read through that action Bible at least 30, 40 times. And now she actually uh, reads... Uh, the plan that's on your website daily, you know, and going through the Bible on top of the action Bible, it, all it is. And then we talk and discuss things in the car and at the table, right? It's, it's taking that time and just yes. pouring into them over and over and over. So that's, that, that is the calling. And here's the thing. If you didn't come from that whole household, and if you're not doing that, change the, change the yes. record, yes. start doing it. Exactly. But this goes in that, and this really goes into where we are now as a nation in the youth and it flows well into our next story mm -hmm. because of what the result is of all of these lies of mm -hmm. telling children hey you have no purpose ultimately yeah. there is no destiny you are a biological accident of the cosmos yes. and oh yeah and also we're going to drain all your dopamine and make you try to achieve impossible standards through all the things on instagram and tiktok and oh yeah we're also going to make it so that you have no spiritual guidance. There is no spiritual life. So what is, what is the result of this as you see in the economist article, Tiana? 
Well, it's what Jesus told us about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning. And so the result is always death when Satan is re yeah. reigning and ruling. And, and so this article is from The Economist. Suicide is now the second biggest killer. I want you to hear what I'm saying. The second biggest killer of 10, 10 to 18 year olds. So according to the newly released data in the post-pandemic America, self-murder is the second most likely cause of death for kids after accidents. After accidents, you guys. In 2021, nearly half of American high school students said they experienced persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness in the past year. So I, um, I'm reading from Coffee and COVID, which is a blog that I, I read Monday through Saturday. It's written by a Christian attorney in Florida. And he really called out the churches for cowering to COVID. Yeah. And that's where I fell in love with Jeff Childers. But, you know, here, so he's very sarcastic when he writes. And so I'm going to read with some of his sass and sarcasm because I think this article, is, you know, his summary is really good. So he says, uh, as I said, in 2021, nearly half of American high school students said they experienced persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness in the past year for some reason. <laughs> hey, I know what you're thinking. Stop it. Terrifying kids by constantly screaming at them that they could accidentally kill each other and their grandma as an official policy to increase pandemic safety compliance was 100% necessary. So don't complain. Instead, we should be thanking the experts for saving our lives. You can make a safety omelet without breaking. You can't make a safety omelet without breaking a few little brains. The economist noted that the perfectly useless experts are, and I repeat myself, baffled. <laughs> Again, the causes of child suicide are only starting to be understood. It could be climate change, though. What? Speculation over other causes has ranged from early puberty to the effects of social media and even to the climate change despair. Late in the article, The Economist finally flirts with the real cause, government-manufactured terror. But it finds blame not in the experts or government officials where it belongs, but of course, in the virus. So, you know, um, Jeff goes on to just kind of talk about that, but his point being that we have completely changed the narrative, the dialogue in this country. And it's exactly what you said, Paul, where we're telling, you know, we're telling kids, you are just a, a um, microorganism that morphed into a human being, uh, despite the fact that the fossil record does not support that theory at all. Yeah. <laughs> and Richard, a, go ahead. Yeah. And, and what? Oh, I was gonna say, and, and like Richard Lewinton in his article, Billions and Billions of Demons, literally, and he's a geneticist, he was a very respected geneticist, actually stated that we are willing to accept science and all of its failed claims, even the things that have been proven incorrect, mm -hmm. because we have a loyalty first to materialism. Yes. And then he goes on to state, we cannot allow a divine foot in the door. Mm-hmm. So the, this is a, a major geneticist actually stating that they are willing to go against where the data in the true scientific method leads because they are first loyal to materialism. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. No, I mean, listen, when you start to pick apart the real science, and, and I, as I've mentioned before, I've been studying apologetics for the probably the past year at a very in-depth le level, and I'm, you know, reading everything from molecular biologist to, you know, um, in, you know, physicists, and, and the more that you study science, the more that you realize that, you know, as, as Dr. Lennox says so well, you have scientism and science. Yes. And scientism is the religion of using science to explain everything, whereas science is the actual exploration of the truth. And they're two very different things. Yes. 
but I wanted to take a second to talk about suicide. So we'll put the link of, to this in our, in our no notes, but again, I listened to, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist by Dr. Frank Turk. And he had a guest on name. Um, I forget what his name was, John, John noise. And what he does is he goes around and he talks to students about suicide. And so it's a very powerful podcast. It's, we all need to read it because suicide is the 12th leading cause of death in the US. 1.2 million people in 2020 attempted suicide. The, the age adjusted suicide rate in 2020 was 13.48 per 100,000 individuals, which is very high. The rate of suicide is highest in middle-aged white men. In 2020, men died by suicide 3.8 times more than women. On average, there are 130 suicides a day. White males accounted for 69.68 of suicide deaths in 2020. In 2020, firearms accounted for 52.83 suicide deaths. And 90, now this one's the most important one, 93% of adults surveyed think suicide can be prevented, which means our job as Christians is not over. We have to be continuing to instill value. And I talked about this in my podcast episode called Image Bearers. As Paul said earlier, the antidote to this spiritual battle is not that we take up arms and take down our government, but it's that we love the world and we show them that they have value, that they're made in the image of the most high. Well, and, and again, take those stats and now throw them on the kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it is a, it is a, when you actually start looking at the percentages, I don't have the stats up. I remember Dan Bongino was talking about these stats because it blew him away and it blew me away when I heard it and looked it up. But the statistics of kids today in America that have severe sadness, depression, mm -hmm. that have thought about suicide or attempted suicide is staggering. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Satan wants to wipe out the children. This is a constant, it's an assault on humanity. Obviously it's an, it's a, a it's an assault against God, but it is really an attack on the next generation. Yes. And it, it is heartbreaking. I've, I've got a couple buddies that uh, took their lives after some rotations mm -hmm. and you know, it, it's, it's hard. It, it is a very difficult thing. And to be families of those people, it, it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking, but ultimately it is an attack of the enemy. And it goes back to everything that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, this just assault on the children, yes. whether it be through child exploitation, child sacrifice, and this, <laughs> the things that we laugh at today, yeah. we accept tomorrow. Yes. And I think that this is this neck, this clip that we're going to play is from Jimmy Kimmel. And this is from, this is from this. We watch this. I've, I've seen this twice and it still gives me just chills. It's, it's just disgusting, but it shows the level of evil mm -hmm. in this world and they're laughing at it. Yeah. The fact that they make this comedy is just, honestly, I, I cannot comprehend that this would be even be remotely in the realm of category, the category of comedy. There's nothing funny about this. No, It's so, disgusting. I'm going to share this. If for those that aren't watching on YouTube, you can just listen and it's, um, the link is going to be in the show notes. Yeah. And Mr. T were the hot couple. In case you're too young to have seen Snuggles, or maybe you just don't remember, this is the bear that captured America's hearts and laundry in the year 1986. Once upon a time, fabric softeners cost a lot, but now there's new Snuggle fabric softener. Hi, I'm Snuggles. 
snuggly softness that's really less expensive. Look, I get towels fluffy, <laughs> blankets cuddly, even shirts caked with blood. soft human flesh baby flesh wait where is your baby baby sleeping in snuggly softness so innocent so defenseless the perfect size for a sacrifice time to meet your snuggly death when the dryer's going, they'll never hear you scream. The dog shall be pleased with me. Snuggle brand fabric softener. Proudly made. It's to die for. So that's absolutely horrific. And for yeah. those that... Uh, didn't don't see the video uh not only does he walk away with the knife and then after he's killed the baby um he starts licking it and his oh head starts he, he's he's licking the blood off the knife and then his head starts spinning and this was just on jimmy kimmel this is yeah. not old news this was just on jimmy kimmel which if you follow jimmy kimmel for any amount of time you know who he serves but still yeah the fact that people are laughing at this it's so this just again it goes back to the the display the display of evil and it is in our country our country is not a christian nation no. we are watching the decline of our country at a rapid speed and our job is to be salt and light yeah and that's they're desensitizing all it is. us to this. exactly that's the whole point of this is to normalize and desensitize because, you know, listen, they desensitized an entire generation to abortion. And so now we've got to do it outside of the womb because, yeah. you know, ripping a human being apart limb by limb isn't enough. Now we need to kill them once they come out. And if you think that's crazy, some of these people, some of these politicians believe that we should be able to abort. They call it post-birth abortion. Some of them, the more extreme people, are uh, they're saying up to five years. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean... We know that this goes on. Some of them, some of these cases of abortion and post-birth is basically what they do is they just don't give the baby food and they just let it die. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's when you actually get down into studying this stuff and seeing this stuff, my mom, uh, when she was in nursing school back in the eighties, I believe it was seventies or eighties. I can't remember. Um, it was late seventies, early eighties. And she said there was only one time she got stuck on a can on an abortion floor. And she, she walked up to the head nurse and said, never put me on that floor again. She said the things that she was seeing was absolutely horrific. Mm -hmm. And this, this is a, this is evil child sacrifice, mm -hmm. Baal worship on display being laughed at. This is them mocking God and his creation and children. That is, that is all this is. Yeah. That and, is all this is. And it's important for us to talk about it. It's important for us to, to, you know, to bring to light so we don't become desensitized and normalize this stuff and get to where we have gotten today. You know, we, we dealt with as a, as a, as a church, we dealt with homosexuality wrong. 
initially. You know, we, we turned it into an us against them and tried to hold them to a standard that was not fair, like Paul said. And so that then created, you know, the pendulum swung so far in the opposite direction that now, like Paul said, we have such a large majority of pastors who don't even hold to a biblical perspective on this topic anymore. And so what Paul and I are trying to do is not, we're, we're not becoming this extremist. We're trying to say, don't allow them to normalize this. Don't let this become normal. Don't be coward and back down by this. But also we need to remember that what Psalm chapter two says, which is why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains and cast away their cords. In verse four, this is what's so important to understand. The one enthroned in the heavens laughs. The Lord taunts them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his fury. I have installed my king on Zion upon my holy mountain. So you know what, God, guys, while, while these people are shaking their fists at God, he's still in control. He's still ruling. And he laughs at this. This is why we, our role is, is, you know, he doesn't need us, but he invites us into this. And our role is, has not changed. I love what Paul says all the time. The change in operating environment doesn't change the mission. We are still called to love people. And Jimmy Kimmel needs love. He does. <laughs> Just as much. And, 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 you know, this Sam, what was this guy's name? This, this guy that kept stealing luggage. Oh, I don't remember. Sam something. Yeah, the, I, I can't remember. The, the nuclear he, know, waste. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, fired now. Yeah, but but you know here here you have a guy who who is non-binary, dresses like a woman, woman, you know, does all these sexual provocative things, stealing luggage. Why? Because he's crying out for love. He's crying out for help. You don't steal luggage if you're not crying out. And why do these men dress like transgender and 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 twerk? Because they're crying out for love and acceptance, and they've been deluded into believing that they can find that in the enemy. But Paul, we're here to be the salt and light to show people that you're not going to get what you're looking for by wearing women's clothes and shaking your ass in front of children. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> sometimes, of, sometimes it's got to be said. <laughs> in front of children. It makes me so mad. Sorry that I- <laughs> No, these people, it's, it's, it's no different than me hopping on this phone and just Oh, how many, how many follows did I get? How many likes yeah, did I get? Yes. It's that need for acceptance, right? And this goes back into everything. Why we see the suicide rates, why the divorce, right? We, it, one, the lack of biblical worldview, two, the lack of Christ, three, the lack of the Holy Spirit, yeah. four, we are searching it for, we are searching and attempting to get from other people what only we can get from God. Amen. So if I attempt yes. to go to my wife, and get from her the love and support or whatever that only God can give me, then I am going to feel unsatisfied and unfulfilled. She's going to feel insufficient. Yes. So that puts a burden on her that she can't even meet. Yes. Now imagine years of that in a marriage. And that's, and that's ultimately, this is the, the one full evil on display, but also these people are, they need Christ. And yes. he died for them no less than he died for you and me. Right. But this stuff is coming as we see the world move towards a global power, right? In order for a global power to take place, the U.S. has to fall in some manner. We know this. Mm -hmm. Daniel 7 clearly states we go to it from this east-west dual-sided balance of power to a global system. Mm -hmm. So they are going after the children. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's how ideological subversion and propaganda campaigns work when you you are you go after the generations 
so that the next generation, you can really implement more of your plans. And we see this with um, uh, Harari, Yuval Harari. He's an Israeli and he's got a kids book series. Now, if you do not know who Yuval Harari is, you need to know. He is, because Klaus Schwab, who is one of the head, is basically, he's the head. I can't remember if he's the head or I know he's a main leader he's in the, the world. Piece, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the talking piece of the World Economic Forum. He is the one that wrote about the Great Reset mm -hmm. of the world. He is the one that calls for it. Klaus Schwab and many world leaders listen to Yuval Harari. Mm -hmm. So you need to listen to him and what he says because he has a new uh, book series coming for kids. And <clears throat> uh, in this article, Deborah DeGroff uh, is an author and an expert on children's books. And she analyzes them from a biblical perspective. And what she does is she's go, she goes through the latest series from Harari. And he's a very good storyteller. He is very educated. And he states that he believes humans are hackable animals, devoid of free will or a soul. And that, be, that we need to accept mass surveillance during the COVID lockdowns. And it was just a matter of time before we accept the next step in a coming global technocracy, right? Now, in 2022, in autumn, uh, he is, uh, I don't remember, is it released yet? I'd have to go look, but it's a preteen series called Unstoppable mm -hmm. Us. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a story of our all conquering and insatiable species in a way that is accessible to kids. It yeah. will be published in four volumes with four uh, full color illustrations, starting with volume one, how humans took over the world. Chapter one teaches that children, that millions of years ago, we were just ordinary animals who ate worms and climbed trees to pick fruit until humans learned to make tools and the other animals weren't afraid of them. But this is, this is going to be all about humanism, our power, because yeah. ultimately, what do we want? Children thinking that they are the ultimate. Again, it goes back mm -hmm. to pride, selfishness, mm -hmm. which is leading to this complete emptiness. And to look at Harari and what he states and what he believes, this is him speaking so that you understand where he is coming from because he is printing this book series and children are going to read this and this is going to be pushed. It's going to be in your kids' schools. So going back to homeschool. Exactly. So here is Yusuf Harari or Yuval Harari. And COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. We want to stop this epidemic. We need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. We now see mass surveillance systems established even in democratic countries, which previously rejected them. And we also see a change in the nature of surveillance. Previously, surveillance was mainly above the skin. Now it's going under the skin. Governments want to know not just where we go or who we meet. Above all, they want to know what is happening under our skin. What's our body temperature? What's our blood pressure? What, what is our medical condition? Now humans are developing even bigger powers than ever before. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring, for instance, the, the power to re-engineer life. Humans are now hackable animals. 
you know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. Yeah. So that is, that is, that is Yuval Harari. That is, you need to know who he is. Because he has got a voice that many leaders within the world listen to, and Klaus Schwab included, and he's releasing this children's book series. They are going after the children. So again, this is a call to parents. If you are in Christ, lead your children in Christ. If you do not know your word, get in that word mm -hmm. and lead them in it yeah. because this war is coming and it's not just, it's, it's, it's not just a physical yeah. war. It is a mm -hmm. spiritual war that we are involved in. But remember, Paul, what he says in 2 Corinthians, the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. They're not carnal. They're spiritual. Yep. So I think, Paul, we've got a couple scriptures to wrap up. Do we want a yeah. Babylon B before or after that? Because yeah, there's some really good. Let's hit the Babylon B first. You know, it, it, be encouraged in all this, right? Yeah. We know that the world is going to go this way. Yeah. But don't be discouraged. Right. We're not discouraged. We're just trying to raise the alarm. We're trying to not allow things that have been normalized to be normalized any longer. We're trying to give Christians courage. Courage begets courage, right? And we're trying to shed light on this so you have wisdom and discernment and how to navigate these things. And I know I get passionate about some of these things, but it's oh, yeah. because we have we've got to wake up the way that we used to live, the way that we used to operate is not going to work in this new world. We've got to get our values correct. We've got to belong first and foremost to the Lord. We've got to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and let everything in our life flow from that. And then allow that to become the way that we live our lives. Because I'm telling you guys this, go read the letter to the church in Laodicea, that lukewarm church. And if you find yourself in that position, pray and ask the Lord to get you set into a place where you are on fire for him and he is everything to you because i'm telling you guys this you cannot go into this battle with weak knees weak scripture and come out the other side alive because this is this is it this is the real deal and paul knows this as an actual soldier i'm i'm a i'm a make-believe one i'm a spiritual soldier only. <laughs> um you, you don't go into the ba you don't go into the front lines unless you are prepared and trained and you won't survive Exactly. And even, even prepared and trained soldiers don't survive. Exactly. You know, this, this is the thing. You're on the right side of history. You're on the right side of the ultimate destiny. Yeah. That we are in Christ. No, the world is going to change. The world is not going to get better. The world yeah. is going to get worse. Yep. But guess what? It's going to be amazing when we stand before the king yes. and we don't have to worry about these things yes and we'll get to that in a second but first we're going to hit the babylon b so mine was the white house <laughs> white house was lit up with a symbol of a religious cult <laughs> it was lit up with the colors of a fanatical cult this week officially signaling the biden administration establishment oh dang it it messed up uh Officially uh, signing, signaling the Biden administration's establishment of a new state-sponsored religion. The move was received by with widespread applause and serious concerns about the First Amendment implications. Basically, because he's using gen uh, the rainbow, he's supporting Christianity and the Bible. <laughs> and so we need to fear. 
It mind you, this is all satire. This is why Paul and I are laughing at this. I've got, I've got two. Can I, can I be greedy and do two? Yeah, do it. Remember, He's... the Babylon B is fake news you can trust. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, touche. My 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 headlines this week that had me cracking was China threatens to fire senators who voted for TikTok ban. <laughs> <laughs> and and it says Beijing, China's President Xi, I don't know how to say his name, issued a stern warning to American politicians this week, vowing that any members of Congress who dare vote for a ban on TikTok will be fired from their jobs. <laughs> we hired all you American legislators to do one job. We can destroy American from within. <laughs> And it's funny because it's sadly true. And then uh, the get off TikTok. Is, get, yeah, get off TikTok. It is a Chinese spy app. Get off it, of it. They're period. monitoring everything you do. Yes. Uh, and then this is this one was my another one that had me laughing. Uh, government warns that with Elon owning Twitter, they will only control ninety seven percent of the media. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are good. Those are good. Okay. So so you know, as I said, like the world's going to go this way. Mm -hmm. But have peace, have joy, right? Yes. Consider it for your joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing, James 1. But John, 1 John 5 and verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. How are you born of God? You trust in Christ. Mm -hmm. You trust and put your faith in Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sins, be reconciled to the Father. So whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Mm. And then what does Jesus say? Jesus in John 16, verse 33, these things I have spoken to you that in me, you may have peace. So have peace. In yeah. the world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Mm, amen. Christ has overcome the world. The victory's won. Yep. Cheer up. Yeah, we're not warring for victory, but from victory. Exactly. And Paul reminds us in Romans chapter five, verse three, not only that, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given us. Guys, we have hope. We have hope. There yes. will be a restoration of all things. So cheer up. In the midst of all of this gloominess and evil, Christ has conquered the world. Yep. So go operate. Go do good things. If you're down, get in his word. Get on your knees. Let him fill you with hope mm. and joy and peace. Not that the world gives, not that the news gives, but that only Christ can give. Amen. So with that, I really want to say thank you all for joining us. Thank you for taking the time to be with us and to take the time to listen to this podcast. I would ask that you would share this with your family and friends. Leave us a review. If you have questions, if you have prayer requests, if you'd like us to cover something, if you have news articles that you find, uh, email me at paul at thewarriorsrising.com. That's paul at thewarriorsrising.com. And I'm here with Tiana Showy. Her podcast is Made to Conquer podcast. It's phenomenal. Go check her out. And we just really want to thank you for joining us today. This is Paul with Warriors Rising. Out. <laughs>